Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. first episode of series two um and we're i'm gonna kick it off with a bang um i am in i guess is it still the new lee high school is that sure yeah all right i uh, i'm in the new lee high school theater um joining me today are two people that i have known for over 20 years um we are we are officially at that age where oh my gosh yeah we were freshmen in like 98 99 oh shh <laughs> <laughs> i'm 23 i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah I, I will say that we are now at the age where we can play high school on tv that's i feel like that's that's a good um blanket statement for <laughs> how old we are now andrea on 90210 yes yeah. yes so please welcome my friends, Jenny and Chris. Thank you for having me. No problem. Yes, thanks. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Um, so let's kick it off. Um, favorite memory from uh, doing theater in high school? Oh, man. Chris, you want to go first? Yeah. So I've got like three. Go for it. All right. The first is... Viv and Barry just absolutely self-destructing and throwing like marbles <laughs> and erasers and stuff at all of us for talking. I think that's like a classic memory from high school that I have. Uh, I think the second is like everyone cheering for us uh, on stage at the end of a show like that is like epic memory. And that's one of the things we try and uh, share with our, our students is getting that feeling of like super successful accomplishments. And then I think the third is probably like when I decided you know what this is what I want to do for a living when I realized that like there's a whole bunch of people in the room and they all found a home and we're like all outcasts and then we're like oh we all get together here so those are like my three solid memories from high school I think those are awesome thank you for reminding (laughs) us of the trauma of staplers being thrown at us but I mean it's (laughs) it's totally worth it yeah no it's totally was I I deserved every every marble <laughs> Every you stupid boy yeah, just looking back, I was like, no, yeah, that was justified. <laughs> I stayed out of trouble, barely. <laughs> Not really. Um, gosh, I think my all time favorite memory for no particular reason at all was junior year we did carousel. And that was just a crap ton of fun. It had big, you know, dance numbers. And Chris, I, didn't we, was it um, June is busting out? Yeah, yeah. 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 
about oh and we had a chris the you're my song, favorite memory blow, blow high blow low yes like jumping up and down yes it's, it was just so much <laughs> dang fun i couldn't do that now because as greg kindly <laughs> pointed out i'm too old <laughs> well you recently flew as mary poppins i mean i mean that was a whole child ago but yes <laughs> i did i did from the top of you guys can't see that from the top just behind that electric right there Full disclosure, I I can't um, interject myself into the carousel memories. Um, I was not privy to all the fun on stage because I had to play the old guy that owned the fucking town. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun for you. I, I'm glad somebody did. My fun memory from carousel was when they um, brought my mic up too soon and I was talking shit about somebody backstage. <laughs> <laughs> And we still use that as an example of mm. what not to do today. Yeah. <laughs> you never want to be backstage and hear your voice on stage going, this bitch, <laughs> in the middle of somebody's solo. That's, she probably deserved it, though. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> um. So you have both been... At one point, working actors, correct? Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I, yes, sir. That is correct. I'm currently an equity performer, actually. Still paying for all my right. equity How's... card and all that. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, now it's more like a, a thing that you keep on your resume as like an additional feather. Like when mm. you're teaching, you're like, look, kid, I'm an equity actor. But uh, it's also easier for people now because they just released the equity uh, contracts to people who are all over because they have the DEI, diversity and inclusion and all that. So uh, I think there will be a lot more equity actors around, especially Alabama now that that's all opened up. But Okay. Yeah. Now, are you still contractually the only person allowed to play Shaggy in the musical? Oh, no, no. That was... So why... Uh, so. I was Scooby and Shaggy uh, in Scooby-Doo Live and Stage Fright uh, a long time ago. And there was a point where I was allowed to voice Shaggy and Scooby. Um, but they have, they're like many national tours now uh, that have come and gone between then and now. And, um, but it was a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. You have to do the voice. <laughs> We're not going to let you get away without doing it. All right. What do you want me to say? I Hey, it's... It's your world. I'm just living in it. Like anything you want to say. What, what's the name of this uh, sequence again? Uh, don't make this weird. All right. Like Scoob. This is Shaggy Rogers and Ruby Ruby Roo. And you're <laughs> listening to Don't Make This Weird. Zoinks. Raw <laughs> <Roll> raggy. <laughs> That's there amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You now have a, a Shaggy Rogers plug. Yes. For um, podcast. <laughs> if I didn't think I would get sued for yeah. using that in like actual ads, I would. That was super impressive. Chris is way cooler than I am. <laughs> I have technically been paid to perform, but not as a union performer. Um, so, yes, question mark? Like, if you want to cross it off your bingo, you can use me as a square. Totally. But yeah. I mean, you lived like the the California dream. Though. I did, I did, I did do the starving artist thing. I'm not gonna lie, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but then, you know, 
I got to a point where I was working three jobs and couldn't pay my rent. And that was before the market crash, y'all. So I don't even know how anyone is still living there. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's just insane. Um, But yeah, it was a blast. I did um, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, which is not AMDA. It is ADA. There are two campuses. um, And that was a complete and total blast. But yeah, real world experiences. I remember being in the bathroom with the guy... His name is Robert Cuccioli. He played Jekyll and Hyde when the, like a Broadway Jekyll and Hyde when yeah. I was doing Phantom, and he like had on his fancy robe that was printed embroidered from Jekyll and Hyde, and he was sitting there looking in the mirror and was like, "How am I going to pay my mortgage this month?" And that was a moment for me when I was like, "Okay, this dude's like a Tony Award winning performer, and he's worried about <laughs> getting a house. Jesus. Maybe I should uh, <laughs> consider branching out a little bit, yeah. diversifying." <laughs> right. <laughs> So given given like the lockdown and COVID and all that, are both of you glad that you're no longer working actors having to like freak out about where's your next paycheck coming from? Well, I'm a realtor, so I still have a degree <laughs> of that. But yes, we were, what is it? They made a emergency services, essential, essential services. So they did include us in that. So for which I'm grateful. Um, But yes, like I know we've had some friends from New York relocate back to Huntsville during because, you know, they had no income and they have jobs here. And I'm sure it's very different, but I'm selfishly glad that they're here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I mean, they just reopened Broadway. So it was dark and I have, you know, yeah, friends all over too that were trying to figure all that out but i think uh for me the only reason i try to go in and perform professionally in the first place was because i knew at some point in my life i wanted to go back and teach and i knew there was going to be some student somewhere that was going to be like oh you're such a failure because you're teaching theater instead of doing it and i can be like already did it <laughs> now i have a family <laughs> right <laughs> right so i'm actually yeah i'm happy and it's a completely different set of challenges too like um navigating the social drama sphere of 200 high school students on a regular basis. It's like a, a, a microcosm of the world and you see everyone in their own little orbit, which is really interesting. I like it though. <laughs> How different are the kids now than like we were? Well, that's a tough question. Cause I feel like every, every generation is probably going to be like, Oh yeah, they're worse. Mm-hmm. But really I can be like, okay, I totally did something stupid like that. And then I start like finding people I'm like, Oh, I know what kind of person you are. I remember that <laughs> student, you know? So like, I don't know. I think, think high school students are high school students, but they just want people to be real with them and patient and polite. And then they're pretty chill, which is cool. I like that. And then we like to, we get to do theater. So even though I'm not working as a professional actor, I am still working in the business that I love. So I don't have to really do much work because it's all play. We're just playing, making shows. Right the, the worst part is having to explain to your principal why you let a student do something crazy on stage and didn't punish him for it. And we're like, well, I mean, you know, and he's, he's very understanding and he's, he's very flexible too. So now are you, you're both involved in community theater here in town. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did a show recently, but I'm, for the most part, I don't, I don't normally perform because with being an equity actor, they don't let you perform uh, without a contract. So you'd have to get a waiver, but because 
the COVID world was so crazy, they weren't offering waivers to anyone. And so that therefore anyone that was a professional performer, they can't say you can't work at all. Mm -hmm. So I sort of got to navigate around that in a way that let me perform um, this last summer. But normally I just help in the backstage and the advocacy world. Yeah, because you did Legally Blonde? Yeah, yeah, I got to be Callahan. He was so good (laughs) and so creepy. (laughs) <laughs> Which is not his regular personality right, for listeners, just so you know. That's how good an actor he is. You're very kind. <laughs> and Jenny has like been in, I don't know, tons of stuff. It's It feels like it, but not really. What was the last thing you did? Uh, I did Bridges of Madison County, which was the last show, I think. In the before, Black Box? Yeah, in the yeah. Black Box before the shutdown. It was a ton of fun. I was the, like, ex-wife, so I had, like, one song, and then I did, you know, the ensemble. But that was also one that was just a ton of fun. It was just a great group of people. So, yeah. That's always the best when there's, like, it's it's people you know. and Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of part of the reason that... I stopped performing, especially in like community theater and stuff like that, is because I would find on stage I would be distracted because I'm getting to see like all my friends be these amazing actors and make these amazing choices. And I'm like, no, I just want to sit and watch this. <laughs> Aww. And I've got bad knees now. So, <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, but you use some mean makeup design though. Oh my so. God, yes. <laughs> This is true. Um, okay, so what is a theater role that you've always wanted to play? Oh my gosh, I just thought of one the other day. Um, I will tell you one that I obviously when I was working, I Wicked was big then, so I was like, oh my gosh. I'm a Glinda, which I am. <laughs> totally, yeah. But now I'm like Glinda after she's like seen some things. <laughs> she's had some life. Um, so I'm aging out of most of what I want to do. Um, but that's a big one. Also, um, Louisa in Fantastics, which I have way aged out of, <laughs> unless you want to sit really far away. <laughs> Get some of your stellar makeup design. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Greg, hook it up. Some tape and some rubber bands, and we can we can probably make this happen. Uh, all right, that's a tough question. Um, I think if I was going to say anything, I think I'd want to do either Scarlet Pimpernel mm. or something like The Count of Monte Cristo, which isn't necessarily a musical, but it's a play. But still, I'm I'm really into stage combat. I have a lot of fun playing with swords and stuff like that. And that's a sweet role. So one of those two probably would be my big choice, which is old school. But I mean, but there, those are those are both mm-hmm. really good shows. <laughs> and underperformed. Like, yeah, I, they really are. They're fantastic. Why we should see those more? Make it happen, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Well, I sh- yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list to direct too. So don't you worry, <laughs> they'll show up eventually. <laughs> awesome. So moving to now to TV and film, um, is there a role, could be, you know, any movie, any TV show that you saw it and you're like, I want to do that. That's, that's me. I could play that. Um, pretty much 
any person in a sitcom. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm really funny, obviously. No. Um, <laughs> when I was looking at, like, where am I going to go to school? What am I going to do? Friends was really big. Oh, God. We're so old. I was going to say, you were you, you didn't want to have the age conversation, and you've aged yourself, like, <laughs> four <Friends>. times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a zygote. It's, like, um, on its 20th anniversary right now. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, I want to be Rachel. Um, I love Leslie Nope. She was fantastic. Um, so, yes, those types of funny women. There's just not a lot of opportunities for women to be funny sometimes. But where there is one, I want to jump in. Okay. All right. So I get told by students all the time that I'm like psychowitz the theater teacher from uh what is what is that oh is it mir- miraculous no uh, i don't know it's a it's yeah. a it's a girl's tv show off the disney channel i can't remember her name now but anyway so psychowitz is is like if i was gonna get typecast as something that's where i get stuck into it's like the eccentric goofy guy uh, but if I could choose anything i would be like put me next to tom cruise in an action movie because that would be super fun I definitely would not uh, fit the stock archetype of that <laughs> particular character, but it would be amazing to do it. You could do it. Would you feel safe next to Tom Cruise, though? That would though? be amazing. Kind of a loose cannon. Yeah. yeah, it would be so much fun. I think he'd be a great partner as a as a scene actor. Maybe. I used to have a thing for Tom Cruise. I remember that. It's just kind of like the mystery <laughs> of, like, is he going to be a gentleman or is he going to try to wear my skin as a suit? I don't know. But the fact that I don't know was kind of alluring at, at one point. I think that's most Scientologists, though. Like, that's just <laughs> the vibe that they give off. Maybe. Maybe. So the the three of us were in um, show choir together. And, I mean, aside from the obvious, like, fantasy elements of that this particular show, how much of what we did in high school did you see in the TV show Glee? Okay, so I did. I've only watched like the first season. That was the only good season. Don't worry about it. Okay, thank God, because I didn't get further than that. But I feel like similar experiences were that they very quickly realized that they couldn't really be catty. I mean, they still were sometimes, but that at the end of the day, they had to work together as a team. There was no way around it because um, if somebody's off, everyone's off. So I think just that general experience um, was was very similar. Yeah, I think the relationships between people and how they come together through art is legit. Uh, sometimes when it's like, oh, we got to do this this week, and then their final production for that week has the outstanding production value of like a six-month right. musical. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like a million-dollar right. budget. What, what kind of money did you put into the, those lights back there? But So that's a little bit far-fetched. Uh, and some of the choreography, of mm-hmm. course, is like, okay, come on, you spent more than yeah. five hours working on that. Right. But, yeah. but I think, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty true. And the conversations that teachers have in the background, that is also <laughs> a thing that is totally <laughs> legit. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> so we have now um, a letter from a listener. Um, it comes to us from Bevan T. Hello, Bevan. Thank you for listening. Bevin. Hello. 
Uh, Bevan has actually two questions. Um, first, she wants to know what advice uh, you would give to someone in picking a selection for an audition. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she would also like to know, is there a song that you would eliminate from ever being used as an audition piece? Mm. Great questions. Chris, you sit behind the table more. What are your thoughts? Uh, so know your type and know the show that you're auditioning for was, would be what I'd say about what song to choose for that student to perform. Um, and aside from that, make sure it markets your strengths because you want to go in to an audition with something that you think is going to be your absolute best showcase. And so if you're picking something that you think is going to be tough or challenging right now, it's probably not a good choice because think you're auditioning on your very worst day. And so you want to do what you can do very well, even on your worst day. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in terms of don't sing a song, I think that the better question is, can you, if you do it, do it well because some people would say like no never sing memory from cats it's mm-hmm. so overdone but there's always somebody that goes into audition and just nails that so you just need to know who you are and then um trust somebody around you find a, a network of support that can give you good feedback and criticism that is both honest and useful um but without working with that student i would be i would i think i would not say do this song because that would be a mistake okay those are very good points i will probably say the exact same thing in a slightly different way (laughs) yeah perfect yeah because that's how we do um you know i i agree you have to know your type but you also have to know a, a general idea of the characters in this show what do they have to do vocally what is their kind of character arc i mean you don't have to have specific details but that should kind of inform your choices as to what type of song if you know this person has a big ballad maybe you want to go in if you have a strong ballad if you know this person is comical and does a lot of up tempo well there you go you also have to look at the age of the show you can't go into last five years with the rogers and hammerstein piece and vice versa um so i think all of that should come into play but i totally agree at the end of the day it has to be something that you are comfortable with and if you think you if you think you are comfortable, you need to keep rehearsing it until you could sing it in your sleep, do it in your sleep, sing it when you have laryngitis. Um, there's not enough practice because that way you, your nerves won't take over, your muscle memory will. So I think that should go into into play. I recall a conversation I had with um, there's a thing called UPTAs, United Professional Theater Auditions. It's in Memphis, and it's sort of like SETC, but for the pros. Mm-hmm. And they all come to Memphis, and everybody auditions at playhouse on the square for summer gigs and regional gigs and all that stuff and i was uh, assisting the cincinnati playhouse casting director with selecting his interns for that entire season and he said to me what we're looking for are the six people that are already stars so when they get up there there will be no sign of nerves or uncomfortableness because the one thing they have to do as a, as a person who is alive is to, to be alive is to be on the stage. Mm-hmm. So find the person that's living there, not the one that's faking it. So what I would say is find the thing that makes you feel alive because you want to be the one that's already the mega star. Mm-hmm. So if you had to audition right now, what song would you pick? 
good God, I'm so old. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I need at least a good night's sleep before I can even do that. I, I love singing stuff from Frog and Toad because I can almost mm-hmm. nail the comedy in that every time. So that's that's one of my go-tos because it's unexpected. People don't expect you to show up with a frog or a toad song. And um, I also like Pippin. There's a song called Prayer for a Duck. And he's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that until uh, this very moment. He sings, yeah, he sings this prayer to God for a duck. And I, I have just about every time I've used that in an audition, I have been cast in the show. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just – because I know my type, right? I know that it's, I can play mm-hmm. the gag because there's a dead duck, and I can be honest with that experience talking to God. And uh, I can sing all the things I need to sing well. And then they call me back to hear me sing other stuff if they like it. So – those are the two, the, my two go-tos. Dang, he's pulling out some <laughs> some abstract. But thank you for giving Frog and Toad a shout out. Another underrated musical. So is Pippin. I yes. feel like. Okay, if you have not listened to the revival with Bettina Miller, you oh need to stop God. and do it right now. Yeah. Okay, it is well, amazing. Don't stop right now. Oh yeah, finish <laughs> the finish, podcast, the, finish this episode and, and then, then absolutely go over there and do that. But to be fair. Uh, I am not a Pippin, so I know that I'm not auditioning for a Pippin mm-hmm. role. I'm right. just using that bit to get my style out there. So, just to clarify, because <laughs> well, I gave that note earlier to that. That's a to, good to point. Bevin. Is that you, sometimes thinking outside of the box is is the way to go, as long as it's within your box. Yeah, you have to have a point of view <laughs> and an approach. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Um, a lot of my songs that I used in the past, again, I have aged out of, um, because I am not the young ingenue anymore. (laughs) Um, but if I had to pull something out really quick, it would be something from Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella, um, a flower drum song. I enjoy being a girl. Um, any of those type of things because they, they're not particularly rangy. Um, so even on a bad day, I think the highest they go is like a, a C. It's not bad. Um, but it's also very ingenue Okay. What mm. would you audition with? If, if I said right now, Greg, you have to audition. Um, probably my blanket and me from your good man, Charlie <gasps> Brown. Yeah, good choice. That was so precious. <laughs> nope. I love that. And I, I, I only say that because it's... It was the song that I used our senior year mm-hmm, for I the remember. show, um, and it's it's still one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, and I think it's the only one that I know, like no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so it would be remiss of me. This podcast, uh, we talk a lot about the news and a lot about politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't let um, an episode go without making at least mad. mention right <laughs> pissing at least one person who, by some mistake of fortune, stumbled across this podcast. Um, so right now, one of the um, well, I say right now, at the time of this recording, because when this goes out, um, this recording will be about a month old. It is September. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of the conversation is about mask mandates mm-hmm. in schools. Um, Chris is a teacher, and I know you kind of have to play the middle ground on this. Um, 
So really, I'll direct this more to Jenny. It's like as, I don't <laughs> as a <laughs> as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got you've got small kids. Um, I do. I do. So you know, over the past year when we didn't have a lot of information, I kept my son who is elementary school aged home and my daughter had just just started a mother's morning out and I was like freedom and then the world was like in your face (laughs) fool like that I know it was not freedom but now that we have more information I don't even know why we're discussing not wearing masks they work and it's not that hard my seven-year-old can wear a mask and understands why we're wearing it in a child-appropriate way. My three-year-old can wear a mask. It I've sung in a mask. You can do a lot more than you realize in a mask. Sometimes your brain kind of is like, oh, this is uncomfortable, but you are actually fine. It's a small thing to do, and you don't know who in that school has a family member with cancer. You don't know who's who's a teacher maybe that has a respiratory kid at home um you just don't know it's a very small thing to do to love your neighbor i don't even know why it's a thing just put on the mask it's not that bad um and then not not so much here in alabama um but florida obviously um always florida always fucking florida man um and some in California, I've noticed, uh, there's a lot of the anti-mask advocates, anti-vaxxers, who are threatening to run for school board. Um, if that were to happen here as a concerned parent, would you run against them? Would I run against them? With the copious amounts of spare time that I have? <laughs> I don't know that I would run, but I would happily throw anything I have behind a candidate that I thought would make rational science-based decisions for our schools and our community. Um, you know, I'm never going to judge someone based on their vaccination status. I'm vaccinated. As soon as my kids are eligible, they will be vaccinated. But those are my choices. I understand people have other um, concerns about the vaccine or they feel morally there's something in it. I don't know. But, you know, if you can just do one thing, one part of it, socially distance, try to stay to outdoor activities rather than indoor, wear a mask, just try and do something rather than nothing. And that's really disturbing about the anti-vax and anti-maskers because that is super dangerous for everybody. All right. You have, I would have to say, I think that so far our school system and school district is making decisions that they are, that are meant to protect as many people as possible while still giving students an adequate education. And I think everyone agrees that like, distance learning online learning oh. is very hard and we had we had a, a, a severe learning gap mm-hmm. uh even just in my own classroom like just having getting getting people to log on because when they're at home there's all kinds of other things happening that you can't control um so so getting having people at least in the building is useful to be able to have that time to like interact with the student and make sure they're engaged in some type of learning but I, and i think for the most part our district 
the choices they're making are meant to protect as many groups of students as possible. And I think that distresses some of the smaller uh, groups of people. But I don't think the ones that are um, concerned so much about freedom and less about uh, safety are in in the majority, which we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of lucky in Huntsville for that right. regard, for sure. Um, but, but yeah, for me, I just say, let's, let's just be smart, uh, and try and be safe. Uh, even for me, well, like I'm doing shows with last year, uh, we opted to do a show and film it and release it through film because I couldn't personally take the responsibility of thinking that someone in the audience that got sick because they came to the show, if they got real sick or things got real bad, that, I would feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to not have that on my conscience either so that's why we do what we do at least on this this wing of the of the world if you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing and if you're on apple podcasts leave us a review if you didn't enjoy this episode why the fuck are you even still here if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can email us at don't make this weird pod at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at sb83productions on instagram at springbreak83productions don't make this weird as a springbreak83production